Let's go! Drop the mic and walk away. I'm not walking away. Oh. And then you're gonna talk down on me like I'm supposed to approach you about a situation I didn't even know about? I thought we were supposed to be cool. Wax. You might want to get some tickets from us so you can have better seats. You broke up that fight that last time? You I threw your back out. Well, Hensha's not on Hennessy today. I think you're trying to act as though you're something that you're not. What am I? Clapback, the official WAGS podcast. Welcome to Clap Back. I'm Drew Picorni. And I'm Morgan Stewart. Hey there, Morgan. Was that loud enough, Drew? It was perfect. Okay, I just want to make sure you can hear me clearly. I was getting some feedback on the last couple of shows, and sometimes it feels like I'm bellowing into the mics and you're whispering away. I can't believe that I've been accused of whispering. That is so not my forte. I feel like my husband should come into this room soon. He would (laughs) love to hear me. Does he usually accuse you of being, like, loud? He's always like, why are you screaming? I'm right here. And I'm like, I just want to make sure that you heard what I said and understood it. Well, see, this is why I love you as my co-host because I feel like you can really keep up with me. Everybody oh. else that they bring in here, mm-hmm. they're like wilting flowers. Oh, oh, yeah, I hate a wilting flower. Come on. Jesus. Let's I go. came home from my trip from Australia this week to like seven wilted calla lilies. Okay, so you had literal Ca- wilting flowers. Calla lilies on my dining room. I'm mumbling a lot lately. It's crazy. On my dining room table and I was like, that's a low scene. Like, why were those not thrown out, Oneda? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your housekeeper? Yeah, I love Oneda though. Yeah. I give her a lot of stuff. I'm just saying. I came home from being out of town I was in Atlanta for something, and a couple of our little, like, plants in our herb gardens were wilting away, and I said to my boyfriend, I'm like, Bridger, what? Bridger! Oh my God, is he in a book? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Isn't that great? Um, But no, I was like, what is going on with our wildlife here? Let's go. Come on, water. He's like, well, you've been out of town, and I've been busy. I'm like, too busy to water plants? Seriously. It's like my husband with the dogs. He's like, well, you weren't around. I'm like... But the dogs are. They're human life, sort of. <laughs> like, figure it the fuck out. They're alive. They're sure. alive. They need to go outside. Um, but I w- speaking of, can we do a transition here? I don't I will, know. No, we're ready to. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to transition. Let's do a transition and just talk about Barbie on Mar- Maria Menounos's radio show. And she has them eating grasshoppers. Yes. Which I guess is one of those wacky radio bits. Right, which I just thought was pointless. <laughs> will you do it? Will you eat a grasshopper? And then like, she ate it. And I was like, well, there you have it, Maria. Well, by the way, like. We found out. Yeah. And also, like, you, who cares? I felt like, you know what, I did I did feel like we got to know Barbie a little bit more this agreed, episode. Agreed. And I feel like, actually, you know what, I'm going to take that back. I feel like we got to know all of the girls a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I feel like everybody came into their own a little bit more. Right. And I feel like I got a real sense of each girl. And my heart is really starting to break for Barbie. Yes. We, we touched on this a little bit on last week's podcast. We wondered... How are things going to go? Because they're already, especially in the previews for the for the episodes to come, you can see her like crying and she's mentioning the word divorce. Mm-hmm. And they just got married. They did. And they're having what looks like some really serious issues. And that's the thing. Being somebody who's been married for a little bit over a year, you have issues. There's definitely an adjustment period. But to really be throwing around divorce this early is just... And the feeling I get from Barbie, first of all, I like how open she's been about everything. I feel like there's many people that can relate. For some reason, I didn't think that Barbie was 30 years old. She doesn't look younger to me, but again, these women have so much makeup on that you don't really know what any of them look like. (laughs) But I feel like Barbie, what I get from her and what I really wanted to talk about, I feel like Barbie keeps saying how much she wants to be with Sheldon, but I really feel like she's coming to her own and she wants to explore her own life. I don't think she wants to be married. You know what? You might be right about that. Do you know what I'm saying? Or at least... 
whatever his idea of marriage is not her idea is not really what her idea is. very well said Drew. and i've been there where you where you're having fun in a relationship and it's like oh this is starting to we're like playing house mm-hmm. and i want to settle down and he ha- he's offering me sort of a life that i've always kind of pictured myself living insurance <laughs> health insurance mm. <laughs> a warm bed at night right <laughs> um, but uh and then i guess it gets to a point where all of a sudden you realize Oh, wait, I still have a lot of wild oats that I need to fucking sow. I feel like Barbie realizes that maybe she, you know what I mean? It wasn't, maybe she wasn't, it's not that she's not ready to be married and that she doesn't love him and she doesn't want to be married to him, but I think the dynamic between them has changed so drastically because she keeps bringing up the stepkids. I don't think she's ready to be a mom. And I think her relationship with her stepkids, no matter how much she might love them, she doesn't, it's pushing her away from wanting to have her own babies because she realizes the commitment. And she's still a young woman. I know, I know. And that step situation is so tough. I mean, I had a stepmom from the time I was like four or five years old. And it was it wasn't rough for me because I was little. But for my older brothers, like, it was rough. It was hard on her. Like, Barbie is like, she's climbing into and she knew what she was signing up for because they had been dating for a long time before she had made the commitment well that was my only thing like did she not realize that she was going to be such an active role in these kids lives at that point because maybe they were just playing house and he just sheltered you know the kids from her before she was the wife well I think look I think your job as a girlfriend when you when when your man is in the NHL and he's traveling all the time and he's playing on the road you know, the mom, I think, is lar- at that point was largely taking care of the kids. And so mm-hmm. she was just, I feel like Barbie, if, if, if I'm making observations, I feel like Barbie was just enjoying the life. 100%. And but he doesn't play anymore. Exactly. So there should be so like. Th- everything's changed. You know what I mean? He's home all the time. Which isn't good for a man <laughs> in general. He's home all the time. Now the stepkids are there. I think one of them is now living there more full time. Oof. Jesus. It's just like. All of the variables that she thought she was committing to are suddenly different. But I have to say, she's been really open about her san- like herself about all of it. Mm-hmm. Was that English? <laughs> um, which I like. I mean, she's clearly, I think she keeps saying, oh, I want to be with him. I want to be with him. I want him to. But it's like, no. There's a part of you that's not there, which is causing the friction. How, how soon does it happen where you go from being like, okay, I don't want to get a divorce because I don't want to be one of those people who's gotten a divorce. It's happened to me when I've been in long-term relationships in the past where it's like, at first I go, oh, I love this person so much. And then you get to a part where you go, well, we're having some issues. And I kind of think in the back of my head, this wasn't the right fit. I maybe chose too soon. Mm -hmm. But I I don't want to be the person who breaks up. Like, I want to be the person who works at it because, you know, relationships are work. And then I think there just comes a point where you look at it and go, um, no, I'm done working here. You know, Thanks I, so I, much for your time. I'm going to press the reset button. Yeah. Because I feel like this isn't working. So I just wonder where Barbie is on that spectrum. I think she's closer to realizing that this is not for her. And let me tell you something. Somebody that's coming from a reality television show background, that's not making the situation easier. Because I guarantee you he's at home when the cameras are not around saying, I don't want you to be on this show. I want you to be the wife that I married. I want you to be here and make eggs every single day. And he's getting mean to her. Like, don't say she can't make eggs. I was surprised she could make eggs to begin with. (laughs) But the one thing about Barbie, I do love Barbie. I think she's such a beautiful girl. But that weave, someone from coming from not only reality television background, 
I've had plenty of bad weaves. She has to cut that hair. Really? Yeah, no. Huh. See, I'm not even noticing it. No, I no. think she looks flawless. No, it's See, but I don't have an eye for this. No, This it, is it, why I need you in my life, It's separating, Morgan. and she's got to take it up about five and a half inches. Okay. Yeah, because she's so beautiful. So you're right. You are seeing flawless because she is flawless. Right. The hair. Yeah. Not but good. See, see, now, okay, so I didn't notice that, but... If, if you are noticing that, that may be a sign of sort of how, how to, out of sorts she's feeling. You know what I mean? Wow, like, way to turn. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, I'm getting very therapeutic Yeah, right I'm now. into it. But maybe that's a representation of just like what a mess she feels like her no, life is. Like she, she likes that hair, keep... I can tell. She plays with it. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, there goes that theory. But Yeah, but... I shut it down. She looks great in the interviews. She does. They all look great in the interviews. Well. Yeah. Well. What? Sometimes, yeah, it gets what you know. I worked on Miami, and sometimes these girls show up for these interviews, and I'm not sure what they think they're showing up for. No, they're like, I, look, I, I look like a a troll compared to all of these people on. So TV. do I. So so well, no, you don't. But but so I really I don't want to be criticizing from a place of like right. I think I'm so great, but. But sometimes I think Where somebody could say, let's let's pull down the makeup just a yeah. little bit. And the thing is, is like I'm all about on-camera makeup, but like still. Yeah. You look like an orange cone. <laughs> you look like a stop sign. You're well, just, it's too much. And I feel like it's all reality shows. It's been happening on a lot of them. Like, it's, well, it's that look. It's that Instagram look. Ugh. Wait, but I want to continue. Yeah. Okay, I want to wrap up Barbie first of all. Okay, okay, okay. Because we're divorcing when? What's our over under here? Oh, please don't say that. But I'm going to go a year from now. Okay. Not I'm... a year from the timeline in the show. Okay. But like we're recording this in November. And so I'm going to say November 2018. I, ooh, I hate to say it, but I think there might be some... I think we might be seeing a, a brandy, a brandy, a Barbie that is brandy Barbie <laughs> that is footloose and fancy free and ready for you know chapter one and a half. I agree because I feel like she's already putting that energy out there, and I'm all for it. I just want her to be happy. I want her to be happy too, and I rather her make this decision sooner rather than later, Barbie. If you're listening, because you won't get this time back, and you're still such a young woman, yeah. and she's driven, and she wants to focus on her work, and there's no reason that a man should hold her from which that. I love. And by the way, Sheldon. I used to have such a thing for him because I thought he was so sexy, but he's coming off like a real creep. I'm over Sheldon. I mean, I've seen him four times and I I just dislike him. (laughs) And she can do better. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just feel like it's time. Um, Natalie and Olivia? Yeah. This episode. Let's do it. I feel like I fell in love with these girls more this episode than I have any other episode. Talk to me. I love watching them hang out together. But I felt like it had been goofy and funny before and just kind of lighthearted. And I felt like this episode, I feel like Natalie specifically for me really stepped up and emerged and showed me who she really is. Yeah, she had that blind date with With that boxer. boxer. (laughs) Okay, first of all, you know who that is? That's Sugar Shane Mosley's nephew. Junior? Was it Junior? Nephew? Okay. It was pitiful. Who was that? And by the way, are we sure that he likes women? Did you, were you not I mean, like, okay. I thought he was cute. He's so, adorable, but know, he's prettier I was, than I am. I was, I was vibing with him. Uh-huh. But, exactly. But I, I don't know about a guy's sexuality. I mean, come on. Let him be whatever he wants to be. Right. But, but uh, why is it that 
two people can't just like have a decent conversation with each well, other. Well, also, you know, Natalie, fake it. Just fake it. I You're know. on TV. It was wild that they're like <laughs> sitting there and she was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. It's like, well, how about just have a conversation? Like, hi, what did you do some today? Questions. What did you have for lunch is always a winner. There you go. You know what I mean? Like, well, what did you have for lunch today? And you just banter and you drink your drink fast and then you keep it moving in 20 minutes. But I mean, he was like 16. Yeah. How old was he? He really seemed a little, yeah, what did he say? He was like 25, 26. Yeah, and she was like, I'm over 30, which again, like I have no idea how old these women are. They look so much older to me. <laughs> well, they have their lives together, Morgan. They well, really, you know. They have their lives together. I know. <laughs> Who is- am I? I'm just like, I have no life together. I'm putting lip liner on during this whole thing i'm like really bringing it on no i just i wanted that day to be date to be over it felt like they did too and even towards the end when things started to pick up a little bit i was like this is not a match oh my god sugar shane no you need to go like find somebody who's 21 yeah yeah Mm -hmm. better luck next time natalie yes I want to talk about the fact that her and Olivia brought the engagement balloons to Nicole's engagement party and they actually had to Google how to spell engage. That just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And it was literally like, oh, there's an A here. <laughs> I literally want to jump into the screen and be like, girls. <laughs> why, why did they bring the word engagement? Like, Because wh- it was their engagement party. I know, but shouldn't it be like happy engagement or these are coming. These are people that can't spell engaged. <laughs> okay. I don't think or, you should put too much or on them. You're engaged exclamation point or or even congratulations or something. But like, really, it was just the word engagement. Or you know what we could have gone with <laughs> love or love. Love. Everyone can spell love. But why engagement on its own? Like that doesn't even it feels it feels like it feels like um, wrong, <laughs> well, it, misplaced, strange, lazy. <laughs> It feels like it's the label to an office door that you're going into. Like, no this is shit. Like, do engagement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where you get your passport photo taken. <laughs> yes. I didn't get that. I, I kept looking for another word or the word happy, but all it was was just engagement all on its own. It felt mm-hmm. very formal. Which, by the way, it wasn't, it almost wasn't engagement. I know, because they were having, the, the balloons were tangled up. They couldn't spell. They had to Google. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I want to pull for these girls. I do too. I know they're smarter than that. Well, they. Uh, well, that's what was weird. It's like I felt like this was like the smart episode, and then it was like, ooh, <laughs> Google it before you know those the balloons you're picking up. The other part that happened last night is we learned that Nicole. Did she say she was having twelve bridesmaids? Twelve bridesmaids. Is that what she said? Did yes. I get that right? Or is it six and six? No, it it's was bridesmaids. twelve bridesmaids. <laughs> But also, why are none of... Is it a royal wedding? I mean... What's happening? Not not even close. <laughs> Who was the designer that was on Michael Project? Costello. Yeah. Yes. I love him, by the I way. I love him. He's great. I met him in real life one time, and he was just so sweet. And oh, no, so he's the sweetest person ever. He, yeah. I've met I, him a few him. times. But um, but he's having... They're having these, like, really high-end custom dresses made for each of the girls. I know. And... Are they expected to pay? They are. They're paying. Of course they're paying. See, I'm thinking about that constantly. Well, I'm like, no. I think, no. I feel like if you. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I. You know what? I don't know. It really depends. Sometimes the bride takes care of it. Sometimes the bride doesn't take care of it. Yeah. It depends. They might be getting some sort of deal. I mean, who knows? Right, right With right. the world of Instagram, anything is possible. That's true. Natalie brings up the fact that 
Sean SP is going to be a groomsman. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a bridesmaid. Yes. Has, did this ever happen to you in your life where it's yes. like somebody you used to date or? So actually not, it wasn't quite. So I had a very good friend from childhood. My first friend actually. She, I went to visit her in the south of France three and a half years ago and she was dating somebody at the time who was very wealthy and lovely and my husband and him hit it off and have become best friends and they mm-hmm. have since broken up and it was a very tumultuous relationship. Oh. They broke up a few times um, but my husband and him instantaneously became best friends and we went back to visit him through like the duration of their like weird messy breakup and she ended up not coming to my wedding because he did come to the wedding and it was just like one of the most dramatic she ended up not not coming it was just it it was tricky because it was like I obviously had to go with like my fiance who's now my husband on these trips to go visit him and I tried to kind of pull the plug on the friendship but like if people are meant to be friends they're meant to be friends and eventually it just she put me through so much hell And it was so hard for me because I very much sided with her and was like, if somebody were to do this to me and be on my ex-boyfriend's boat in the middle of the Mediterranean, I would never speak to them again. Right. But I had no control. I mean, I tried to do as much as I could. Probably I did more than the average person would do. It's very tricky when you have friends who are dating and are no longer dating around a wedding. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Well, I feel like weddings either bring you – in front of people that you would rather not see again and or it can be a good way the other way which is like you can meet a guy or a girl uh, 100%. that you would never have met otherwise right like I, I, I just at my friend's wedding like last year a, a groomsman and a bridesmaid they're now dating oh and they met specifically at that wedding they had not known one another before that moment singles go to weddings to get hooked up yes and if there's like the feeling in the air, like I think most single girls go to weddings hoping to find like their yes. next husband. I think the thing <laughs> Which with... is why the whole bouquet throwing thing. Oh like, yeah. Here we go. Which by the way, like that's horrific. Um did I do Wait, that? Wait, why why do you hate that? It's just like it's like a nineteen eighties. I feel like Joan Cusack's in the audience or something. <laughs> like she's just gonna pull out something. She's gonna right, grab right. something. So you think like it's but it's never going away. No, I don't think I don't think I threw mine. Yes, you did. I'm no, sure I didn't. you threw your bouquet. My Come... bouquet was so stunning I couldn't even throw it if I wanted to. <laughs> um, but wait, I wanted to give you my prediction on this. Sean SP. Yeah. First of all, he didn't go to engagement party. Right. I feel like he's not going to come to anything because apparently he's butthurt because Natalie is the one that has moved on. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to sh- slip into that groomsman aisle the last second. Okay. He'll be there. They will not speak. There's going to be nothing. That's that's very over. It's not a bad move, really. I. By the way, I think that it's more respectful. Right going to show up for Larry English and beyond that he's on his own weddings are always they're always fraught with like drama there's like always. side drama that goes on there's always something it's yeah. very difficult yeah and you try not to get bogged down by it but it's inevitable you bring all of those old friends together you bring all your family together something's bound to oh Jesus Christ fucking the, go crazy the family is like oy, oy, oy. how was that for you it was okay for us, actually. We really have no family drama, and any sort of drama that we did That's have, lucky. it was, like, yeah. gone. But, I mean, like, there were some, like, speeches that didn't go well. And, you know, it was – yeah, I had a television crew. Yeah. And that was the least of my problems. Yeah. I want to talk to you about Sasha and Autumn. And that has been the theme, the ongoing thing in every episode. These girls are not getting along. No, it's from, rough. From first glance, I mean, first of all, I'm just going to point out that Sasha is just so stunningly beautiful. It's like a, a distracting to anything she says. Yeah. I like Autumn more because I feel like Sasha 
has problems with Autumn. She's always talking about how she's talking bad about people and she's pointing out her flaws, but she doesn't ever say what she's done to her. And I'm just like, bitch, if you're going to talk about this every time you get around these girls, then say, I don't like Autumn for X, Y, and Z because she did this to me. You didn't all of a sudden wake up and think, oh, you talk bad about people because I guarantee you every time Autumn spoke badly about somebody with you when you were friends, you guys laughed about it. Absolutely. So what has transitioned in your relationship that you're not friends anymore. Well, it's so funny because on last week's podcast, I got a chance to talk to Sasha a little bit about this. Ooh, bring it on. Yeah, and she was just saying like, oh, she did this thing where she tries to change the past, right? Mm -hmm. She was like, all the time that I was friends with Autumn, people would say all of this crazy stuff about her and I never believed it. But now I'm starting to see how it's really true. And it's like, Really? It's or so you, ominous. Or were you just friends with her then and now you're not and now you're trying to say all along everybody was trying to say she was this awful person because I don't really think that's true. Which, I watched the show. I remember how you guys were with each other. You might as well have been sisters. This is the problem. And I, as again, somebody on reality television who has gone through losing a best friend on the air, you knew, the audience knew why and what happened. Right. I'm not getting that from them. Right. So this is falling flat for me and I need Sasha to say, this is why we're no longer friends right. because it's going to start all the girls are going to start to tune Sasha out right, right? because Autumn is likable and she's sweet and she clearly wants them to be friends and Sasha's just closed the door but like we have no idea why so we're like alright I'm about to be like enough of you I don't even give a shit if you talk or not because well, you, you're not giving us anything and now Sasha is like posting she posted this thing on her Instagram last week where she was she it was like a fun picture with she and Lonnie together and they were like sisters and they're laughing together and then she writes this long diatribe that's like I like genuine people oh who my know God. how to act and it was such a like a passive aggressive moment for Sasha against Autumn and I was like oh my God. and all that means is she wants to be friends because she can't let it go I know I really think Sasha's the one that's butthurt here they uh, they both want to be each other's friends I just feel like Autumn is making a real effort to try to be friends and I feel like uh, you know Lonnie she I, nowhere no man's land yeah, I know. she's got to stay out of that it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be bad for her because it's already I think you're right. I think Lonnie just needs to like back out, let these two girls figure it out together. And talk about other things. All right. Well, Morgan, was there anything else about this episode that you wanted to get out there and let the world know that these are your thoughts? I feel like I gave you all my thoughts for this episode. I feel like a lot happened. Yeah. I feel like we're in the groove of the season a little we bit. We are. I'm excited to see next week. The scenes from the next, I'm always like... I'm Why is this to, not playing right now? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm trying to put the pieces together. What does this mean? What's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm no, I gave excited. you all my thoughts, Drew. Okay, Morgan. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Let's meet back here again next week. Of course. Hello, written in the stars. You're listening to Clap Back, the official WAGS podcast. All right, we'll say goodbye to Morgan, and I'm going to call Amber. Amber Nicole Miller? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. Oh, I love to hear amazing. <laughs> now, I feel as though you're in a bathroom on speakerphone. Yes, so if you want me to take you off of that. <laughs> I want you to, I mean, finish what you're doing in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was just rubbing on bronzer and I'm like, ah. Well, take your time. Do you want to call me back? No, no, no. It's cool. I mean, bronzer. I just just finished, so. (laughs) Bronzer is very important. It is. It is a 
for sure important. <laughs> I just got out of the shower. I'm getting ready to go to this ball. So I was doing my get ready thing and I get to see Tito. I haven't seen him for a night. So how has life with Tito been since he had his farewell fight? I mean, it's obviously got to be different now that he's not training and fighting. It's been awesome. I, quite honestly, I mean, right at first when he first retired, he was nervous because, you know, a weekend he's already bored. Yeah. But, you know, he's been keeping himself busy and he's been doing his wholesale cars and doing his management company. And, you know, that's kept him really busy. And, you know, it's given him a chance to really, you know, do the father stuff that he missed out on doing when he was in training camp all the time. So, you know, he's been really active with the boys in their schooling and their wrestling. So it's been awesome, you know, and uh, got, I, he, I love it. So he's got three boys. How old are each of them? Okay, so I have three boys Two are eight-year-olds. They're twins. Mm -hmm. They're both in third grade. And then we've got a 15-year-old who just moved with us this uh, past year. So he's started high school with us. <laughs> wow. So you got your hands full. Uh, yes. I have a house full of boys. It's pretty <laughs> disgusting and awesome at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. My mom raised four boys and um, she oftentimes would describe it the same way. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're <laughs> good. in good company. I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about the show and then I want to play a game with you. Okay. Okay. I love it. So first of all, what was it like seeing your life replayed back to you? after you had lived it a few months ago? I think it's really strange for me, you know, obviously like watching myself on TV, I start to really critique myself. I mean, I've been a model since I was five years old and watching myself on TV, I'm like, oh my God, I need to be more tan and my hair needs to be darker. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, attacking myself thinking, oh my God, it has like nothing to do with the crazy drama and none of the other stuff. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's apropos for the show and for the girls that were around, but to be quite honest, it's, it was more like, oh, my God, okay, I know what I need to fix. I know I need, you know, how I how I can't look washed out anymore. And <laughs> So you, this, this, thus the bronzer that you're putting on right now. Exactly. I grew up in Colorado, so I was always a pasty kid. And, you know, tanning was a thing when you're a kid because you don't get a lot of sun in Colorado. And then when I moved to Vegas, I didn't have to worry about it. I was like tan year round. So right. it was amazing. So in California, not so much. I mean, we're so busy and so, you know, we've got so much going on with our littles that I feel like I'm indoors a lot more than I should be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like to be that California glow. I like to be, you know, darker, but not orange or crazy, but, you know, just a healthy glow. Right, right. Just this side of Trump's uh, orangish <laughs> glow we'll have no orange here no right i don't i don't get orange i get bronze i love and it glowy um <laughs> we were talking on the podcast last week there was a term that you brought to bear that i thought was so great and you've and i've been watching twitter a little bit and people have been bringing it up from time yeah. to time the term do you know the term i'm talking about yes i do what is it I and it's, and it's true. It's pro-ho. And it is honestly a term. And everyone thinks it's such a new term. And and so many people are like, well, what do you mean? They're professional hoes? I'm like, no. Pro-ho is like a jersey chaser. This is something that is said all the time in Las Vegas. It must just not be a California thing. But you see them. I mean, these girls stick out in the club 100%. You'll see them in a moment's notice. Like right. they're looking for the pros. And yeah, describe describe the, the like if we were to catch a pro ho in the wild, what would we be looking for? <laughs> 
Well, like, quite honestly, Proho's um, mannerisms, especially around pro athletes or even at sports, you know, sports games, you're going to notice them because they're always dressed way overkill. You know, it's too much. It's too like everything, too much gloss, too much lashes, too much like fur coats and too much just look at me. Mm-hmm. And it. You know, it's kind of sad because what these girls are doing is that they're putting themselves out there as, well, you know, we want our come up or we want to be with a pro athlete because, you know, that'll raise my status. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, I have to be honest, a pro isn't looking for that. If you're an athlete and you say nab a pro ho, it's probably not going to be a a long-term relationship and because a mom doesn't want to meet a pro ho. A mom wants to meet a real girl, a girl that's down to earth, who has some value, who, who, you know, has some depth. Right. And I find that a lot of girls who put themselves out there like that don't have depth. They're pretty vapid and, you know, I... I see him how, you know, I call him how I see him. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, it's like there are literally, literally thousands of women that attend the games. So yes. there has to be a way that you separate yourself from the pack and get a player's attention. How else do you do it unless you look like a million bucks? Well, I feel like, you know, if you're at a game and you're looking to nab yourself a pro, I maybe think that's you're just attracted. I'm playing devil's advocate here. No, but no, ma- no, I totally maybe, understand. Maybe you're just attracted to athletes, and it's like, damn, like I dated the high school uh, quarterback, I dated the guy right. on on the college football team, and you know, I'm an adult woman, and I'm looking for the same thing. It's something that I'm just into. I understand. Well, and I understand that level completely. Here's the difference between a pro ho and somebody who likes someone with athletic ability. I always like people who, men who take care of themselves, who have, you know, their shit together, basically can take care of their own, but are also athletic and are, you know, care about their appearance and their physique and being healthy and being active. That's a completely different thing than saying, I only want to date, you know, a millionaire athlete. There's a, that's a completely different story. You know, you're putting yourself out there by saying, this is all I will date a pro athlete who's in this millionaire bracket, instead of saying, I'm really attracted to somebody who's healthy and athletic and, you know, is successful. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different, you know, approach because Mm -hmm. you could meet, um, uh, you could meet a lawyer, you could meet a doctor, you could meet, you know, a financial advisor, you could meet a lot of people who are all of those things, who Mm -hmm. are athletic, who take care of themselves, who are successful, but they're not in this category, oh my God, I will only date this millionaire athlete. Mm-hmm. Now, would I be honest with me? Would you consider yes. that you were ever a pro ho? No, which is great. I honestly, I've known Tito for what it's almost 17 years now. And that was never what I was looking for. I've dated a bunch of different types of men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, I was always the sugar mama. <laughs> Okay, okay. And I always dated younger than myself, so I was always taking care of someone. I was always, you know, fitting the bill and paying the mortgage and buying the cars and buying the boats, and that was always my yeah, role. How did, you, I, how did you make – like, when you made your first big money, how did that work? I've modeled since I was five years old, but, you know, I stayed really consistent after I was a ring girl for the UFC, and mm-hmm. when I got – you know, I started signing – you know, spokesmodel contracts with companies like Zions, who was like a supplement company. Yep. And it was, you know, it was great money. And then I worked in Las Vegas, 
which made my schedule. I could do whatever I needed during the night and I could model all day long. And mm -hmm. I had the ability to leave and to take weekends off and to take weeks off because, you know, everyone wants your position in Vegas. So it's easy, you right. know, and, and when I moved to customer development in Las Vegas and that was my position, I literally was making, you know, $10,000 a month working three days a week. Right. It was nothing, you know, it was great. So buying houses and buying cars, you know, it comes with the stability of being able to financially set yourself, but also, you know, have some goals in life. I, my goal was to be financially stable, but also to buy property and to be in real estate and to buy things of value that, you know, show for what you, you know, what you've worked so hard for. No doubt. What, what goes into customer development? I've heard that term before and I, it's one of those jobs like producer. It's like, it's what do they totally do? It's totally made up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because my position, I made up, um, the name. And when I worked at the Palms, I was called the fun enforcer. It was literally on my business cards. Okay. My job was considered the fun enforcer. When I went to work for SBE and Hyde, they're like, okay, we can't use the word fun enforcer. Can you think of another name? So we kind of brainstormed and we came up with customer development, like, you know, lead customer development. When you involve yourself with customer development, what does that day look like? Just give us a little picture of it. Um, Literally, my job doesn't start until I go into work at 10 p.m. And then I'm given a list of all of the big people who are coming in, all of the big spenders, all of the big tables that are coming in. And I'm going to make sure that I touch each one of those tables, make those people feel super important and make them feel like I'm going to make their experience more remember, you know, more memorable. So, you know, I would see what they're looking for at their table. If they're looking for, you know, the craziness and the bottle service and the sparklers and, you know, girls dancing in a bathtub or whatever it is that we bring out, bringing their champagne, you know, they, if they want the whole thing, that's how I work it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was my job. You know, my job was to get these people spending their money. If it's, their minimum was 5,000, my minimum was 10,000. I wanted to double it. That uh -huh. was what I wanted to do. I it's, wanted to make them have so much fun that they didn't notice how much money they were spending. It's sort of, to me, from what I'm gathering from your, from your description, it's like everybody has a pretty specific picture in their mind of what it means to be partying in yes. Las Vegas, yes. at the Palms or wherever it may be. And yeah. it's your job to go up to them and sort of ask a few key questions and then provide sort of that fantasy experience. Exactly. Wow. That's, that sounds like it could be a really fun job, but also it was maybe a little exhausting. I was just going to say, but exhausting. You know, you get to a point where you're like, okay, now you start to feel like a paid alcoholic. At a certain age, you're like, okay, all I do is party and drink and it's fun. But then you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is all there is. Like, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm there. And I'm literally only there for maybe four to five hours at very most. So it wasn't very time consuming. <laughs> but it's hard partying for five hours. Partying for five hours when you're doing it Vegas style, though, can be, I mean, that that's like partying for 12 hours in any other oh, place. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, it's, it's very taxing emotionally even because you are you know, you're friends with everyone there and you find your commonalities with each person. You have to, you know, find that piece of them that you can relate to and make them feel like you're there for them. And right. that, you know, that comes into the customer development. I, you know, I'm developing a relationship with them and I'm making them, you know, feel like 
we've just become friends. Right. And this is going to be the best night they've ever spent in Las Vegas. And so are you just focused on one group for that entire night? Or are you sometimes no. working between two and three and five different uh, groups? Oh, yeah. Oh, as many as if there's a lot of like New Year's Eve, I will or, you know, Halloween or something that's a big event. I will have multiple tables. It'll be up to five and six tables that I'm just bouncing around from making sure everyone is having the best time of their life. As long as they're in your club and the moment they step out the door, you're done. No, actually, you know, I'll I'll write them thank you letters and and thank you emails and, you know, invite them back again. And then I just kind of keep that rapport open you know, in case they come back and wow. when they do come back, you know, even if they go to dinner, like I'll try to meet them for dinner and make sure that they actually end up at my club because there is so many, there are so many clubs in Las Vegas. Oh my so, God. This is, yeah. this is like taking like very high end concierge service into the club. And then once you sort of tag them, once you sort of get them and work with them, you want to try to keep them as much as possible and milk Absolutely. them for every cent that they have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Vegas. That's what well, Vegas is built much. for. Nothing. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's yes. called doing your job well. Yes, I was very good at my job. <laughs> oh my God! This is see. This is why I, I'm not allowed to step foot into Las Vegas city limits. I, my bank account just, it, it can't handle it. Right. You're like, no way. I'm not going anywhere near that place. So now you're in Los Angeles. Do you miss Las Vegas? Um, I miss it to a certain degree. I miss being able to eat whenever I want to, 24 hours a day, or, you know, to meet up with my girlfriends. Cause really my best friends in the world are in Vegas. I lived there almost 18 years and, you know, I have a polar opposite life now, you know, my life revolves around my children and around Tito. And, you know, I've got a few girlfriends here and there in LA, but it's, it doesn't have that connection. You know, I mm-hmm. still, even after four years, I still feel like, you know, my best friends in the world are the girls that would travel from Vegas to make sure that I'm okay. Or, you know, I have one in New York and I have one in LA and it's, you know, you have those really valuable relationships that, you know, just sometimes they don't transfer over. Sure. Sure. Although if there's one, if there's one sort of sister city that you can hop on a plane real easily and be in Vegas, Los Angeles to Las Vegas is a pretty, exactly. that's a pretty <laughs> easy uh, little jaunt to take. So absolutely. How has it felt to see the response to some of your behavior? Obviously people tweet about it. I'm sure that you hear from friends and family about it. How has that yeah. been for you? Uh, you know, it's been a mix of emotions. Obviously, you know, you've, you've got people who have been watching the show for, you know, three seasons now and they feel that I'm being mean or I'm being bitter. And I really don't think that they grasp the whole story. I'm a no-nonsense person. If I get a vibe from someone or if someone's not authentic with me, they're just not going to be my friend because I don't have time for that. You know, I just, it, my family comes first and my man comes first. And if, you know, if I if I find that, girls are not of value to me. I wouldn't want them around my kids or I wouldn't want them around my man. They're just not going to be my friends. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to get that bad backlash, but some people just love the honesty. So, you know, it's great because I I have all my friends who I grew up with and my Vegas girlfriends and they know me. They know I'm no nonsense and they know I'm just going to cut it how it is and Yeah. And, you know, I get that good feedback too. So, it's kind of all over the place, but it's funny cuz my mom will be like, you know, you need to not wear this color and you know she's critiquing me also because she knows that I have that high standard of myself so I'm like oh yeah you're what, right what I color do, what color does she not think you should wear 
Well, obviously, like my hair being so blonde, she's like, you shouldn't wear your hair that blonde anymore. And, you know, you should you shouldn't wear the green because it like your whole thing was washed out when I had a party at my house. And I was like, I totally agree. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I want to play a little game with you. Sound good? Yes. Amber, you're new to WAGS LA, and that means you've had a full round of first impressions to dissect at this point. However, we're already on episode three, which means you've also had a chance to get a much broader picture, the full Monty, if you will. So I want to play a game with you. We're calling first impressions versus the full Monty. Okay. (laughs) First, I want you to tell me your first impressions of a cast member or whatever I mention, and then the full Monty now that you've gotten to know them. Let's start with Natalie and Olivia. Give me your first impressions of those two. Uh, My first impression of them was that they were just very cold and superficial. Mm -hmm. All right. And then now that you've gotten a chance to get to know them a little bit better, give us the full Monty. What's your big, what's your big picture read on them? You know, to be quite honest, you know, I, I'm cold and hot with them. You know, there is no gray area. It really, you know, some days I feel like, oh, well, they're trying to be nice. And then, you know, when I watch them on the show, I'm like, oh, they, they look so nice on this show, but they, that's just not what I get. You know, I feel like the hugs are very contrived and the, the, the emotions towards people are very like, oh, well, you know, we'll make time for you in our life for now. All right, let's keep going. How about for Michelle Quick, your first impression? First impression of Michelle, I thought that she was kind of like aggressive for such a little mini thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, like she's just going in right away. <laughs> okay. And now that you've had a chance to get to know her a little bit, what's the full Monty impression of her? Um, my full Monty of Michelle, I have to say, you know, it's hard to describe, to be honest. You know, I, I see her as somebody that is nice and comes, you know, real with you. But I feel like she's not somebody that wants to actually have like a real valuable relationship with you. Okay, let's keep going. Your very first impression of Autumn. When I met her, I was like in love. Like so nice, so real. She comes again. Like the authenticity is what I'm all about. And she came straight up. Like we just started talking about kids and we started talking about our men and, you know, she was real with me and I really appreciated it. And, you know, I, I look for that in somebody that I'd want to be friends with. Okay. And now that you've gotten to know her for a while, what's your, what's your take? Still love her. Like I really do. I, you know, we talk about our kids all the time. You know, we want to have like a cooking show with our littles. Like I think that she's somebody that I really value her opinion. She's one of the most intelligent women, you know, that I've met, obviously, doing WAGs. I feel like she really has a lot to say, and she expresses herself really well. All right. I know I'm running out of time with you, so yes. I want to keep going here. Let's, sure. do, let's do Tito. Your okay. first impression of Tito when you first met him. I The first impression of Tito when I first met him, I thought he was really cocky. <laughs> Um, but to be honest, I, after meeting him and I thought, oh, this guy is like, you know, very conceited and cocky. I actually went to lunch with him because we were in London was really the first time I actually hung out with him. And he was so nice and so humble and like, you know, really just making sure that 
you know, I was taken care of and no one was bothering me. And, you know, it was, it was a totally different person than I thought he was. And now and that you've been with him for a while? I, uh, obviously. I mean, this is my best friend. You know, he has, he has changed for me and I've changed for him. We, you know, we're better people because of each other. And I think it's such a great partnership and I and it I could looks have asked that for way more. it yeah. looks that way coming through the TV screen man it's just Good. like whoa these two they're connected they really like each other yes it feels like you guys get each other and actually you guys are so open about your sex life so I want to talk about that real quick <laughs> your okay. first impression of sex with Tito versus the full Monty now that you've been doing it I feel like it's like every day for years. We do. But it is every day. Okay, like so so let's do it. Your first years. your first impression <laughs> first, and then give us you know after years of uh, daily. It's it's exactly the same, honestly. Like it's still like hot and passionate and awesome, and we're still super playful, and you know it's fun. You know we we are very sexual people, and we've met our match in each other and it's nice because it's never feels like a job like you know it never feels like oh you know we got to do this ever I like, feel like I, want, I, I, I feel wait. a little worried I feel a little scared for you because I know that he's <laughs> throwing you around sometimes I, mean, I just feel like it gets very a, no, physical such a sensitive no it's so cool like it's not like that you know unless we're like you know having a lot of fun and we've been well, you know, out and having you know been partying or something then we're like a little more aggressive with right, each other right 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 <laughs> this was so great thanks for doing this for me uh oh, today no amber where can people find you people can find me on twitter at amber nicole m1 and it's a-m-b-e-r-n-i-c-h-o-l-e-m-1 on my Instagram, it's Amber Nicole Miller, spelled completely out. Don't forget the H in Nicole. It's A-M-B-E-R-N-I-C-H-O-L-E-M-I-L-L-E-R. Love it. Thanks so much. And enjoy your, uh, enjoy your little getaway with Tito. Thank you so much. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. They follow me on Twitter. They follow me on Twitter. Tweet on the street. Twitter. 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 Follow me on Twitter. Okay, here's what you're talking about on Twitter right now. At Money Michelle writes, I feel bad for Barbie. Her husband is showing he's unhappy, and you can tell she's really trying to make her marriage work. Yeah, I agree. We talked about this before. She definitely seems willing to do the work, but how will things unfold? I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. At Bridges Burn writes, Just watching Nicole try on dresses, knowing she damn well forced Larry for that ring. The dresses are nice, though. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, look, I don't think Larry is the type of guy to do anything if he really doesn't want to, especially getting married to somebody. So I don't think Nicole really pressured him because at the end of the day, he's the guy who has to get down on one knee, buy the ring, go to the ceremony. That's not something you just do under pressure. And at Jazz is Lovely writes, I can see why people wouldn't like Olivia and Natalie. They are beautiful, and that's what happens when you're beautiful. It shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately it is. More women need to be secure with themselves and feel even more confident around beautiful women. Listen, I agree with you, Jazz. And at Lynn922-9539 writes, Is it me or does Michelle Quick look like Hazel E's little sister? Okay, so that would be Hazel E from Love and Hip Hop. And, you know, I've been seeing this reference on Twitter for a while now, and it is pretty uncanny. They do look a lot alike, but they are not 
related. At Monty Fletcher writes, Autumn has issues with any LA wag who is an independent single woman. It seems like she's threatened by them, or is she worried about her man meeting any of them? Um, hmm. Monty Fletcher, if I had to guess, I'd say Autumn isn't threatened by much, but that's just my take. And at Shay4181 writes, even when she's dressed down, Autumn is still killing it. Love her style. And regarding Natalie and Olivia and those balloons, at Phoenicia Akira writes, you are all laughing like it's cute that they are almost 30 and can't spell engagement. <laughs> well, you already heard my thoughts on that one. All right, those are the tweets from this week. Keep them coming at ClapbackWags on Twitter or email us at ClapbackWags at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Clapback, the official Wags podcast, right now on iTunes. That's all for now. We'll see you next week.